wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 214 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, where this week we're going to be joined by Danny and Sherry Silk. But for right now, Alan, how was your week? Our week was great, except we're totally faking it because yeah. we haven't had a week. Nope. Nope. We're recording this the same day we released what will be last week's episode. True. Because of a variety of reasons. Anyway, we're recording this Wednesday. This is how determined we are to not be late for next week's podcast. We're recording it like six days early or five days early. And part of that is because you're leaving me again. I am. Where are you going? I'm going to Florida. Is it going to be slightly warmer than our frozen tundra that is our basement? Yes. It's supposed to be between 60 and 65 degrees Fahrenheit, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. And it was so cold today in Nashville that the kids had a... Snow day! And what's amusing about a Nashville version of a snow day? There was no snow. I mean, (laughs) so it snowed between 6 and 7. uh, A.M. 6 and 7 a.m. And so, I mean... Very little accumulation, but everybody in Nashville freaks out if there is any snow. And because it's stuck to the roads a little bit, all of a sudden they're like, we're shutting down the buses, we're shutting down the schools. And if we shut down the buses in the schools, we then also shut down the church. And so we had a snow day. Well, even though it's not quite been a week since we spoke to you, uh, we have had a weekend since we last recorded something. And this weekend, Danny and Sherry, who are going to be on the show in just a moment, were speaking at Grace Center, they did a killer job. They did a Saturday session, and Danny spoke on uh, Sunday as well, the two sessions. But today, he was supposed to be doing an all-staff meeting at Grace Center, but because of the snow, they all get cancelled. So that was a bit of a mwah, mwah, Yes, mwah. sad. But we do have something with him tomorrow still, so that would yeah. be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in. Without any further ado, we're going to hand over to us earlier in the day when we sat down with Danny and Sherry. So take it away previous Ellen and AJ. <laughs> Welcome to episode 214 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, where this week we've got our friends Danny and Sherry Silk all the way from, I was going to say Bethel Church in Redding, California, but you're now in Sacramento. Does that matter? Um, to some people it does. <laughs> Geographically speaking, we got them from California in Tennessee for the frozen tundra. Okay, so Sherry, You and Danny are known around the world for teaching on love and marriage and relationships. And so we actually thought it might be fun to put you guys to the test a little bit with some questions. Okay. Let's do this. All right. So, Cherry, what is your dream vacation spot? Somewhere warm. I don't know. (laughs) Hawaii. 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 All right. Mm -hmm. Question number one. What is Sherry's dream vacation spot? Well, somewhere tropical. Let's go Hawaii. What do you think is the next big purchase Danny would like to make? Um, probably uh, outdoor kitchen remodel or some kind of gun. Okay. <laughs> A bigger tractor. Tractors and better tractor. Mm-hmm. Where was your first date? We went to lunch at an Italian restaurant in Weaverville. Uh, the Wrath of Khan, the movie The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Trekkies, really? I did not <laughs> no, know that. No, no, not Trekkies. Just that movie was Just on. that movie. Yeah, All right. Yeah. What is Sherry's favorite food? Um, filet mignon. What is your favorite food? Something I eat, hardly ever eat. Bread. Bread and more bread. <laughs> Bread is a good thing. What is Danny's favorite junk food? 
Danny's favorite junk food would be peanut M&M's. Reese's peanut butter stuff. Okay, so what is Danny's most repeated phrase? Like just that he would use all the time. You're welcome. You know, I've heard him say that quite a bit this week, so that that's probably right. What do you think Sherry would say your most repeated phrase is? Probably what? <laughs> <laughs> There's an insight that deserves a little bit more a little bit more probing. Who's better at managing money, you or Danny? Uh me. <laughs> I mean not because of spending. It'd be more like paying attention to to it would be all me. Sherry. What is one thing that Danny does for you that he hates, but he does it for you anyway because you love it? Probably quality time listening. <laughs> okay. Okay. He doesn't hate it, but he, he would prefer to not talk. And I'm like, I would love to. I have needs. I have some needs here. Yeah, I'm missing. <laughs> Uh, what's one thing that you do for Sherry that you hate, but you do anyway because you love her? Talk a lot. Yeah. So she wants to talk a lot. Oh, so you stay present yeah. and connected quality time. And I just... You tell yourself you're interested. I do it, but um, sometimes it's more than I want to do. <laughs> okay. So then what is one thing that you do for Danny that you hate, but you do it for Danny because he loves it? Hate is such a strong word. I know. Okay. That you, you, you dislike I, or just, it, it requires effort. Driving fast in the car with Danny. <laughs> so you're driving. He's driving. He's driving. And you dislike it. And I, I don't like driving fast. Okay. But you just, what? Don't just do it. Don't say anything. Just. No. Yeah. I usually just get on my phone. <laughs> Try not, try not to pay attention. Okay. Right. Yeah. We're not going to die. We're not going to die. <laughs> We're not going to die. Which room in the house does Sherry want to renovate next? Our bathroom. It would definitely be my bathroom-bedroom combo. What's the one thing in life that frustrates you the most? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of on par with the hate question. a lot it? of them. What is one thing in life that frustrates you the most? Clutter. I don't do well in clutter. Uh, injustice. So while I got you here, Danny, mm -hmm. known around the world for your great thinking, for strategy, for helping leadership teams think, for helping people transition change. When you look, or when I look at the transformation that Bethel is making around the world, this huge global impact, you think about Bethel Music, Bethel Publishing, Bethel the Church, Bethel Conferences, Bill Johnson, Chris Valentin, yourself, the school, just this massive thing that's having this huge impact on the on the world. I remember the first time I came out to Reading, and I don't know how to say this delicately, but I was expecting Reading to have like the impact of New York City or or Dallas, Texas. And I get there and I'm like, this is kind of like a really small town stuck somewhere in the early 70s. And then as I listened to you start talking about Weaverville, where it kind of the birthplace of everything happened, which is an even smaller little town, I'm thinking you guys must have had to, at some point, change your mind from, from I don't know what you want to call it, small town thinking to starting thinking that God wants to use you globally. Talk to me about that journey of thinking about the that this little church in Weaverville could have the global impact it's had all over the world? 
Well, since we met Bill Johnson back in, you know, late 70s, that's when he arrived in Weaverville, uh, he started saying things like, Weaverville is the center of the universe. And by that, he meant that uh, he didn't want our, our, our little life experience to keep us small-minded. He was talking about Africa. He was talking about uh, the, the impact that you make in Hollywood. He was talking about the, uh, the economic difference that we could make. And, and, we, and we all shaking our head like, what is he talking about? So you had no grid for what he was talking well, about. Well, we're from Weaverville, 3,500 people, right. you know, in, in a mountain valley. Literally, we are isolated. We're the real deal. It's not, uh, you know, it's not a suburb of something. It is a it's the county seat you know it's uh, it is it's a destination for the people that live in that area right so uh he very quickly began to teach us about how big god is how much to expect from being a believer uh and to think about legacy to think about investing your life in covenant and then making a difference with your legacy so it's uh it has been quite the tutelage of uh, Bill Johnson, and really all he did was just prepare us for what we'd be stepping into decades before we ever stepped into it. So would you say you guys had the mindset ever before you saw the reality of what the mindset was needed for? Like you were already thinking big before the bigness of what you were doing came into reality. Yeah, um, it it very much was a, a wealth mindset in a poverty context, and uh, so we were we were we were tutored by a king. You know, I mean, a, a king got exiled to Weaverville, kind of like Moses. You know, Moses was raised in Pharaoh's house, but uh, he he had to talk to a bunch of slaves, and eventually, you know, he talks them into let's get out of here, and so that's kind of like what Bill did. I remember being with with John Arnett. We we were, I think we were in Wales, and we just finished this revival night. John and Carol prayed for everybody. There's just bodies all over the floor. You know, heaven's come down. It feels amazing. It's glorious. There's healings and miracles. And after the service, I don't know, it's like midnight. We all go back to where we're staying. And, you know, as, as they're having a cup of tea and eating some peanuts before they go to bed, I said to John, almost like a throwaway statement, almost as an expression of astonishment, I said, oh, John, like, did you ever think you would see the day where this is what your life would be like? And he shocked me by his answer. He said, yeah, yeah, I really did. Mm. And I, I guess the question I want to ask you, Danny, is when you, <laughs> when you think about moving from Weaverville to Reading to now you literally, I mean, you spent 200 days last year, more than 200, more than two thirds of your year in the nation's is this what you thought you would be doing? Like, does it look like Bill trained you to think like it would look? Uh, well, the, the way, you know, actually how it's happening and what it looks like. No, nah, I don't think any of us, um, wow. I think we all, we all had um, an inkling really that it was going to take us to the globe, you know, take us to the nations. But I think that we've thought more like missions trips to the middle of a desert somewhere right. or a jungle or something. I, I don't think any of us really thought about the impact of that writing books and uh, speaking at conferences and meeting with leaders and um, 
you know the the high high leverage relationships that we have today i don't i don't think that any of us anticipated that we didn't really have that language we didn't have that that if you like you know did you ever think you would meet a alien like i didn't no right. but the, it kind of at some level it does feel like we're living an alien life and every once in a while i'll catch my glimpse uh, my reflection in a mirror or someplace and I'll, I'll just shake my head and go can you believe the life that you are living right now there's a there's a theme all the way through scripture all the way through life god meets us with who we are we meet him with who we're not right so you just see it every bible character you know you know, the lord comes to saul uh through samuel prophet oh you know i'm the least of you know all the tribes and my family's the smallest and i'm nothing and uh, time and time again you know i'm not a mighty warrior i'm hiding here in this wine press what was your own journey of understanding you're a leader with global impact like at what point like do you wake up in the morning like ah oh, i'm danny silk i'm I'm kind of influential. Like, how did that journey, and did you have to fight that? Were you insecure? Did you just have to get over yourself and just listen to your prophetic words and just say, all right, but I am who God says I am? Talk to me about that internal journey for you. Um, I think what happened is my outside kept changing, but my inside didn't change that much. So I get to be the same guy everywhere I go, no matter who's around me or what's happening outside of me. I I'm not, you know, I'm not totally thrown by who's sitting in front of me or who's there or who's asking the questions or what town I'm in or, um, you know, where I, I, I'm not generally changed by what's out there. I, I do realize that inside what's changed is the, um, the value for what has become normal to me by the people outside of me. I just didn't realize that not everybody had the same culture, the same experience, the same perspective or understanding that I I grew up in. I just grew up in this. So to find so many people that have so much value for what feels very normal to me is uh, it allows me to be myself everywhere I go and to um, be be really happy to meet with people and keep giving it away because I, I love it. What are three things you wish you could tell every mom before they have kids to kind of set them up to succeed? Uh, I would say give yourself a break. You're going to be tired. You're going to make mistakes. <laughs> yeah. And maybe be, being able to check out from the situation like, oh, it's all chaos right now. Just let it be just let it be chaotic. Put the stuff down. For me, I was like, I'm very, I, I like order and structure. So I would get anxious around my house getting messy or not getting something done I wanted to. or, And I would, my anxiety would increase and, and then I'd be frustrated and, and I'm getting that all over everybody. So just chill out chill out for sure i can definitely relate to that yeah <laughs> and I, I we were pretty broke when we had little kids so finding ways to to do fun stuff or or take good care of yourself is hard sometimes when you don't have any money so i would do there's there are people that can help you though you you probably have a friend that has a teenage daughter and and they would come over maybe once a week on tuesday from during nap time and I would drive to the end of the road with the newspaper, and I would sit in my car That's and read awesome. the newspaper. 
just because no one's talking. Nowadays, I'd have my phone, but it's just like, just don't look at it like a huge obstacle. Just got to figure it out. Find some time for you. It doesn't have to cost a bunch of money. You were at Grace Center this weekend doing a conference or doing a mini conference, I guess. You said this fascinating thing between you and Sherry's parents or parental units, mm-hmm. there's 15 marriages. Mm-hmm. You talk a lot about the friction that you and Sherry had uh, early on in your marriage. That's a whole lot of brokenness. And now you're known around the world for emotional and relational health, healing and robustness. A whole lot of transition has to happen from mm. from this kind of model of brokenness, your own experience to the relational health you teach on and model what was that tra- trajectory like? Oh, I, you know, I think that coming into a relationship with Jesus was the the tr- transformative work. I mean, I, I'm one of those guys that the day I got saved, my life dramatically changed. Wow. You know, so I... I, I, I credit so much of what's going on in my life today and the foundation I stand on with just that transformation. And then the, the gift really of being around people who loved each other, who, uh, who had, you know, like the Bill and Benny had five and six generations of um, ministers. You know, their wow. family are ministers, their children, all their children are ministers. And you're like, what is the deal? How, what is that? And so tapping into that brought some kind of an inheritance into my life through, through the, you know, the honoring of a father and a mother. I get, I get in on that. So I feel like I got accelerated. Sherry got accelerated. And then, we just, Sherry and I are very bullheaded humans, and so we weren't going to let go. We just weren't letting it go. We're, we're still not going to let go. We're just absolutely going to work it out. Right. And uh, I think that's probably the key is just we're just going to work it out. But with divorce as and remarriage as a model that was available to you, like mm-hmm. that had been modeled for you, mm-hmm. you think it was... A, your salvation experience, and then B, being in this culture where people modeled a completely different option for you. Mm-hmm. You changed that kind of bullheaded thing to we will make it work rather than peace out, I'm done. Yeah, we had an option. Uh, I, I had an option that none of my family members had. Mm. Um, you know, they could only endure until it ended. And I get to endure to the end, you know. And so it's uh, an option that nobody in my family or Sherry's family really ever had offered to them. And we both took it. What do you wish you could tell every grandparent when they're starting out that would help them with their grandparentness? Yeah. I think one of the lessons I can I tell a little story. Yeah, okay. So yeah. one of the lessons I learned right off the bat was. Uh, Britain, like Brittany came over and she had Delaney and Delaney was about two. And she said, will you cut her bangs? I said, absolutely. Cause I used to be a hairdresser a long, long time ago. <laughs> so I cut her bangs. And then a few months later I was watching her again and her bangs were getting long. So I cut her bangs again and Brittany came to pick her up and she looked at her and said, did you cut her bangs? I said, yes, I did. <laughs> and it was this revelation. Like I was trying to be helpful. Right. But I went over my line of where 
I'm, you know, you're not the parent, you're the grandparent and you don't get to make those decisions, even though you think you're trying to be helpful. So Brittany and Ben were very young they got married. So you, you're still in that mom mode for me. I was in that mom mode, but just learning that, you know, they, you're a support, you're in a support role. You're not the main person and, and to just accept that you, they're going to do things different. It's okay. Yeah, and it's theirs to do different, isn't it? Yeah. Last question, and I love that I get to ask these questions, is what is the lesson that, the personal lesson that's taking you the longest to learn? Probably that more is not necessarily better. I think that my uh, personality and my whatever is inside of me always thinks that, you know, if, if two's good, then force twice as good mm-hmm. um and uh if i got there last time in a day then i think i can get there this time in 12 hours um i just think that it's it's i'm always going too far too often and i need to really just be present be be happy with where i am and i'm not a super ambitious guy but i at the same time i'm uh, I do love a huge adventure. I do love a huge um, amount of something. And, uh, and can you pinpoint like events or situations that helped you learn that lesson? Like, is it a type of thing where you hit the wall and you're like, eh, I should probably learn that I can't go that far that fast? Or is it people speaking into your life? Like, what helped you see the light? <laughs> uh, probably just thinking that i'm invincible <laughs> oh that little chest yeah yeah and thinking that i can just uh eat whatever i want for as long as i want i can do whatever i want i'm gonna stop you right i don't want to i don't even <laughs> want to hear that let me just stay in my denial for a little bit longer <laughs> so uh, i'll have an extra part i'll have an extra piece of that i'll go for the you know the the best piece of that i'll I'll uh, do that every day. I'll, you know, I think just, um, I, I think I've been learning that uh, there's, a, there's a certain maturity that comes with uh, moderation in my life. Um, I, I'm going to stop, brother. I don't really want to listen to this part of the wisdom. I, I, you know, I, I race cars. I, I hunt large animals. I... I have, uh, you know, a, a, a huge, huge appetite for more, you know, and uh, so being, being, being present, it's getting, it's getting easier to do because, you know, my, my, my life is changing, my body's changing, my, um, you know, my endurance levels are changing, and I have grandchildren. I think grandchildren really um, help me enjoy the now more than ever. You know, not be, not be anticipating what's coming and going and getting it and planning it out and spending all my time in the how how's this going to happen? When's this going to happen? Wouldn't it be great when it happens? And just enjoying the right here, right now. That's beautiful all around me. Beautiful. Okay, so last question: You are working with people that dream big and they think big, mm-hmm. and you are more of a planner implementer type yeah. person so how do you manage working with the dreamers well it's a process in my life for sure but what i 
had to learn to do was to not get overwhelmed by their dreams and not be the no. Like, don't be the no in the dreamer's life. So I could, because I see problems, I naturally see obstacles. That's how God made me. But when we're in dream mode, I don't need to bring that to the table. I can do all that later. I can get the team from point A to point B. For right now, let's just listen to the dreamers talk and um, not be the big fat no. And my critical eye, just not pointing that at people. Yeah. Point it at the, the problem or the system or whatever, but don't use my critical eye for people. That's good. I think that's super helpful for me. Uh, I am pretty high shaper planner person. Mm -hmm. And when Alan calls blue sky dreaming meetings, uh, I will just be like, you know, well, that, yeah, but that can't work. So like, take that off the list of things that we're dreaming about because, you know, and he's like, I don't think you understand what we're doing here. So yeah, it's good. It's good reminder. Well, thank you for your wisdom. One of the things I'm most excited about is when I see people embrace technology in a really, really beautiful fashion for the kingdom. And I guess maybe two years ago, a couple of years ago, you started uh, the Loving on Purpose Life Academy, which is this amazing resource that people from anywhere around the world can tap in and sit with you uh, teaching them uh, face-to-face uh, on a variety of topics. Talk to me about where that came from, what your vision was, and uh, how that's going. Uh, well, it's kind of tied to the the uh, more is better. I started traveling 200 days a year thinking that more is better, and mm-hmm. it's not. You know, it's uh, it's actually worse. It's worse on in, on so many levels. Right. You know, I'm exhausted. My body's hurting. My I'm missing my family. It's just it's on and on and on. So we decided to really um, put our efforts into what we thought was coming, which would be the um, the the use of of online media. So we've transferred everything that I've ever said into some form of an e-course, and uh, we continue to do that. We unroll about three a year, and um, it's it's been phenomenal. I mean, we presently have over ten thousand students enrolled. We are um, we have an online community of folks that are uh, just. getting to know each other while they get to know this culture and these skills and this way of seeing themselves and God and relationships. And I was super excited about just uh, my daughter is now uh, very involved. She she handles the whole family end of, of what we do. So we have family relationships and leadership training. She's coming on with the, the family stuff and she will soon take over the relationship stuff and then her husband right along with that. And then we have this whole group of people called Love Champions that are coming on and filling up all these uh, e-courses. And as well, you know, going around and doing conferences and building their own communities. And it is a, a movement in many ways. And that's coming out of this online material. And where, give me the URL so I can put it up on the screen. Where do people go to find out more information? Just go to lovingonpurpose.com and uh, you'll find the Life Academy there. And I'll put a link in the show notes to people who are listening to this in your ears right now as we're driving. But it, it, when you think about like an online course, it, there's a danger it can sound sterile and disconnected, but it really isn't. You're a super engaging speaker. The resources are produced with just top-notch excellence and they're really, really transformational. 
Yeah, tons, tons of tons of great feedback yeah. about people's experience. Danny, Sherry, thank you so much for being with us. Where can people find you on the internet, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc.? And where can people get more info from you? Uh, lovingonpurpose.com will get you right into where you need to go. Give them your email address and you'll just get blogs and videos and deals and Life Academy clips and all kinds of stuff. So lovingonpurpose.com. Our thanks to Danny and Sherry for joining us in what was a very, very cold basement. God bless them. So true. This is why AJ is in a parker. I'm I'm wearing a coat for a reason. It's so cold in here. <laughs> it is really cold. I mean, my nose right now turning pink. Our podcast is made possible by the generous support of our patrons. And this week, we want to give a shout out to Catherine. Thank you for your support in making this episode a reality. If you'd like to become a patron, you can do so from as little as $1 a month. And that not only helps support the show, but also gives you video access to these episodes. If you are not a patron, you're literally missing out on 50% of each episode. To find out more, go to alanandaj.com slash support. Thank you, AJ Jones, for being with me in this frozen, frozen little hundred. cabin. <laughs> thank you to Danny and Sherry for taking time out of their schedule. And thank you, dear listener, for listening. We'll be back again this time next week. Bye! Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Something here for everyone